magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. You're tuned into Pinoy Straliano. Sincerest apologies guys, pasensya na. I have not been able to create an episode there for my listeners. But it's good to know that there are some people listening to the show. A very hard show to find indeed. Yes, you are right. Hassel Cannabis. But, uh, you know, we stay potent out here. A few things happened uh, in uh, August with the uh, Mercury retrograde. If you believe in that kind of stuff in astrology. Uh, September, if you believe in numerology. September is uh, the coming of the first month. Which is a very good thing in a nine month cycle. So we got good vibes, good energy. We're getting feedback from friends of friends and family members of family members saying that they've been listening to the show. And mind you, those people themselves are Pino Italianos themselves. Themselves, themselves. <laughs> anyway, we'll be talking about uh, things like. Uh, identity crisis a little further on so stay tuned you're tuned into Pinoy Staliano themselves themselves <laughs> okay what's up manga listeners this is episode 12 of Pinoy Straliano it's been how many months? Uh, June, July, August, September. Four months of semi-consistent, irregular episodes here on Pinoy Straliano. Yes, you know, sometimes it's hard because it's very niche. And, you know, you tend to uh, run out of uh, things to uh, create content out of. But, you know... There'll be definitely recurring themes on this show, such as identity. And speaking of identity, you know, it's not only for people who are Filipino, Australian, but there's this thing, whether it's a, uh, a coined term, but it's something I learned from friends of mine who work in uh, culture, Cultural and Community Development, CCD. I might have got the C's the wrong way around, but these guys who work with different communities and different cultures here in Australia talk about this concept of complex identity. For those of you who didn't understand my accent there, my Filipino accent there, it is uh, complex identity. And how there are many layers that comprise of different social, cultural uh, elements that create this person's identity, certain circumstances, certain things that have happened in their life, uh, political, you name it, everything and anything that affects um, or not effects perhaps but more builds up what a person's identity is 
and you know if you if you're paying attention to some of the stuff that comes out on uh, YouTube and on social media maybe it's just me when I used to be on social media but the algorithms would always bring up things about like being yourself you know the idea of like quitting your full-time job and finding your life's purpose and things like that you know I think there's this whole thing about finding the inner self <laughs> guys it's, this is like a uh, self-help uh, episode today <laughs> just breathe in deeply through your nostrils and out through your mouth and release the inner child <laughs> anyway I digress so all I can really talk about because I'm not an expert in uh, this kind of literature and this kind of uh, complexity and you know, this subject matter and concept I'll just talk about my own sort of complex identity so in the last episode, I believe it was, or the episode before, um, my uh, Aussie doppelganger, or character, so to speak, Anthony Lewis, spoke about how it's difficult being a Filipino-Australian because he's been raised like a Filipino, but behaves like an Australian. Now, for some people, that might not be a thing. It might not be an issue. They may not have any hang-ups about walking into, you know, a family setting or another setting full of strangers that are Filipino and not being able to speak the language or behave with obvious mannerisms that make him a Filipino. And then what would happen generally is that you would feel alienated as Anthony Lewis was saying that you know he felt ashamed that he couldn't speak Filipino that you know his whole lifestyle of not being so family orientated and communal and participating you know in a very tribal setting if we can call it that that he feels left out and we're going to continue on about this tribalism and family soon. <coughs> Guys, so I just did a sick five minute spiel about complex identity and this uh, bee almost stung me at the same time. So I'll just take that as a sign not only of the springtime that's uh, just um, beginning here in Melbourne but also as a sign from the heavens I'm here to bring the honey <laughs> so in this whole point of complex identity guys the thing about Anthony Lewis's uh, segment in the last episode the episode before that is that what's going on with Anthony Lewis is he's trying to reconcile reconcile two sides of a coin on one side, he's a, a brown-skinned, dark-skinned Asian, right? Who's actually technically only Asian because of the geopolitical, geographic 
label on that part of the world, Asia. Right? When actually, in fact, he's an Austronesian, perhaps with Asian genetics from, let's say, China, Japan, wherever else in Asia. When he's more like a Pacific Islander and may have Polynesian genetics, yeah, and practices and, 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 and cultural and societal structures like the rest of the Polynesian countries. And he has to reconcile all of that with his Australian side, which is very conservative, which is a first world country, which is a place where you're meant to have sort of equal rights, that there is not supposed to be some kind of, you know, caste system or hierarchical system that does not allow you to marry into another group or uh, <coughs> does not allow you to uh, work your way up the ladder and, and, and make a good living for yourself. in anything and everything you can think about in terms of living in the Western world. So there's this whole, you know, uh, struggle between recon reconciling all the different facets of East and West, yeah? But the history of the Philippines and what's happened to Filipino people over millennia, I would even say that millennia, as more and more people are starting to uh, study what happened before the Spanish arrived in the Philippines. You know, it's like, uh, it's already complex in itself. And then the fact that Australia in itself has a very complex history as well, despite only being, what, under 250 years old, it's a very, very, very young First Nation country. You know, we still don't know much about um, our indigenous people here and their cultural practices and what used to happen in Australia before it became a penal colony for the uh, British. We're pretty much creating a brand new breed of people out here and still learning about what that means. So all of these little things will, will continue to add to the complex identity of a Filipino, or for any person for that matter. But I'll give you an example of how uh, a complex identity can form. Imagine you growing up, and I'll speak about myself here, where singing and dancing and going to church was a very, very common occurrence, yeah? You'd have the whole family around, the old men will be drinking and singing with a guitar, the women might join in, but then inside there might be, you know, some disco music happening or whatever, pop music, and, every, and all the women will be dancing, you know, the kids will be running around, sweating real badly, <laughs> getting told off by their parents because they're going to get sick. And then, going to school, for example, and then you're hearing a song from this party and you start to dance and one of your friends or one of the kids goes uh, you're a show-off uh, Anthony you're such a show-off uh, what a show-off these are some of the things that you know Australian kids in the 80s 
had to to face because they were different or they were more outgoing and you know every society perhaps i don't know but every but it seems like i've come across quite a few different uh cultural i've come across a lot of different cultural ways to deal with someone who stands up above the rest from you know something as little as showing off you know because you're dancing and singing or you're really good at something to the level where actually no you're getting shut down because you're just way too different than everybody else so yeah here in australia you could call that tall poppy syndrome you know it's almost like this inherent uh negative n nature that one could choose to uh to channel when he or she someone sees someone that is a lot more successful than he or she you know or perhaps like when i was living in japan the uh the uh the philosophy or the saying uh that goes the nail that sticks above the rest will be the first one to be hammered down how profound is that saying some pretty next level shit and hence you know the the homogeny you know the 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 placidness the the sameness of uh, japanese society yet because perhaps culturally the japanese are a very very talented artisan like island nation they got a very interesting history the japanese right one that the West pays a lot of attention to, you know, so they've had the support of the West for quite some time. You have these, you know, kawaii girls, like, dressing up, like, um, you know, in the cosplay gear, like, costume wear, like, video games and, and, and anime characters, and then they have some really trippy characters, um, that are all moving out of this place called Akihabara, by the way, because too many f tourists and foreigners are, are going there, <laughs> which is another interesting con uh, story. But, yeah, you know, like, they actually deliberately try to stand out because that's being suppressed within their own society. Now, the reason why I'm bringing them up is because, as a Filipino-Australian, I'm not Filipino-American, right? I'm not like, I'm not perhaps as celebrated, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to say this in all humbleness, but I'm not as celebrated as, as let's say, some of uh, the role models I looked up to from, you know, the Bay Area in, in, in America. You know, you've got your DJ Kuberts, you've got your DJ Babus, you know, you have your uh, famous b-boys like... Uh, B-Boy, uh, Remind, uh, Maya, Rock Force Crew, Reveal, you know, from Canada, you have B-Boy, Gizmo, like, these are our Filipino Michael Jordans, you know, in hip-hop, yeah, like, it's a thing in American culture to be, to be celebrated like that, and it's not, I'm not saying that I want to be celebrated, but here, I'm just like, just this show-off guy that hasn't quite made it because of his current living circumstance, you know. And I know I've made it. 
it's just I don't boast about it. I try not to. And this is kind of <laughs> hypocritical. I feel like I'm boasting right now. But it's like, but the Filipino Australians aren't as proactive as our American cousins. And that's a cultural thing. We're here to be sort of placid, conservative, you know. And when you're a, when you're a young Filipino that's got influences from other countries, sometimes they don't quite translate into an Australian setting. And the way I felt like I transcended that was that I took these sensibilities from America in hip-hop, dance and music and then tried to apply it to the Australian conservatism. And that makes up for my complex identity. And so, yes, I uh, got a little bit sidetracked there talking and ranting about my own frustrations and hang-ups. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, so that whole sort of tall puppy syndrome, um, it's like the whole King Kunta story, you know, the, I, the, the, I actually haven't watched it myself, but I've heard about Kunta Kinte, King Kunta for, for many years through what we see in media and listen to in media, but like having your, your legs cut off when you're running away from the slave masters uh, to find your freedom. Because society and, and the system is a little bit more of a universal sort of uh, a concept that you know the, the system, the tribe want to keep you there when you have a calling to go outside, to get outside the square, yeah. And it's only those who are have managed to do that and make other people realize that those actions weren't in vain that would make a person somewhat successful now I'm all about you know the upliftment and the successfulness of anybody and everybody but with this show in particular I'd like to try and address some of these towards a more specific audience which is the Filipino Australian because here here we go you know like this again going on another tangent but it all relates to complex identity yeah here's my uncle having a go at us as kids you know and you know he'll probably take it back now because he understands now that he has his own kids but he goes he's like your kids why don't you why don't you guys speak Tagalog or even Ilocano. Look at the Vietnamese kids there in St. Albans. They can speak Vietnamese to their parents. But you guys can't even speak Filipino. <laughs> you can't say that to your kids. Fucking hell, man. You can't say that to your kids. It's like, oh, you kids, how come you are not billionaires like those kids? <laughs> Fuck, if you taught us how to be, we would be, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and perhaps that's a part of, uh, you know, the, the, the skill and survival, you know, survival tactics of a Filipino that they can assimilate into any culture that they arrive in, be it Saudi Arabia, be it, you know, Japan, be it uh, Malaysia, be it Dubai, America, Australia. Wherever the fuck we go, we can assimilate. But 
at the price of compromising or sacrificing your own culture yeah so even these days now that I'm in my 30s and I'm trying to proactively speak to my my parents in in Tagalog right they'll respond to me in English and I think in their minds they were like right we're in an English speaking country we did learn uh, English in the Philippines as uh, an American colony we no longer speak Spanish unless our bloodlines are Spanish right and we have a Spanish speaking community and culture but that wasn't the case with my parents and so they come here and so they speak to their kids in English to help them with their English because they're in an English speaking country they didn't know how to how to be you know uh, graceful in maintaining their own personal culture it's not something you think about when you're trying to make a dollar to feed your family do you know what I'm saying? So there's that whole complex there's complex identity issues within that already so it's it's systematic it's a conditioning right but here in 2017 with this crazy amount of information and data and algorithms that feed into our things we call smartphones which I call an idiot slate when you spend in more than fucking a whole day on the thing these things all contribute to our complex identity. <laughs> so that's it, right? We're uh, starting to uh, identify areas of uh, tangled complexities and unwiring those things that bind us to whatever it is we are bound to and it's and, and, and it's pretty full-on you know like these issues of, of complex identity we haven't even begun to talk about you know uh, colonialism and its effects on, on on people and cultures you know and and there's there's just so much like the whole, the whole issue is complex. You know, what do you focus on? What do you identify? How do you identify this? How do you identify that? What is the reasoning for this? And then so we're starting to get things like, uh, you know, being more PC, more politically correct. And, you know, what is considered politically incorrect? And what if you come from a, um, a culture or society where, you know, being politically incorrect is just part of your culture? <laughs> And then go into a place where now you can't be politically incorrect because you will offend someone. These are the complexities that are something to arise out of being perhaps a, you know, a person of colour, which, you know, you know, it's the politically correct term for, for anybody that's not <laughs> white. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, you know, then there's this whole attack on, on whites when really fucking not all white people in fact the majority of white people are the nicest people that I've ever met so you know so let's just talk about some more sort of complex identity uh, issues before we do the big reveal hence the little sound interlude at the start of this segment <laughs> 
is that all right so if if I can use it as a stereotype that Filipinos are very good at assimilating because of their hardworking nature and will for survival as people of planet Earth <laughs> is that yeah you have to switch you actually have to switch so when you're talking to your Australian mates you might actually have an Australian accent on and you might speak with an Australian accent you know, normally anyway because you're from that country right you're from this country but then when you might speak to uh, a person from the Philippines let's say like your parents you might all of a sudden do this backflip and go and speak to them with a Filipino accent as if that is your language communication style your, commun your communication style with persons people from the Philippines like ah hi sir how are you <laughs> or you know like starting to like sharpen your R's you know accenting on the R's and, and you know. it's like ah oh, mom would you like some water <laughs> and something as little as changing your accent you know it's funny because my friends used to ask me hey man how come you speak in an American accent when you speak to your parents like no nah, it's not an American accent it's a Filipino accent it's like water <laughs> and, and, and I think that is this whole whole sort of trippy way like Filipinos will uh, assimilate and makes up their complex identity and I wish I had more time but it's already hitting the five minute mark what I'm trying to say is that you know, perhaps someone like myself you know in the long run may suffer from something like uh, mild schizophrenia <laughs> personality disorder because you have to switch you know like if I'm interacting with Japanese people I have to behave a certain way when I'm uh, uh, behave, you know, interacting with Filipinos I have to behave a certain way when I'm acting you know, I'm, I'm around you know Aussies I have to be a certain way and of course they always talk about you being yourself but perhaps if it's your profession to be quite sociable and bring certain types of people together it's part of the understanding to be and act and behave that way anyway complex identity and so we could rant on and on and on forever about things that create a complex identity <laughs> but we ain't got no time for that <laughs> get to the point the point is and we go even deeper into the rabbit hole is <coughs> all of this complex identity talk then leads into identity crisis damn fuck that but it's the truth when you really start to break things down so now all of a sudden you're in your 30s, you've done all the things you thought, you know, for 30s, 40s, fucking 50s, now it's apparently happening in 20s, you know, quarter life crisis. Who the fuck decides that's a quarter life crisis? <laughs> but anyway, 
you get to that point in your life where you're like, nah, this is not what I really want to be doing. Why isn't this working? What am I really looking for? And it seems to be a thing with a lot of uh, studies coming out of psychology and, you know, uh, if you're a little bit more on the alternative side, uh, is in clairvoyance or, you know, um, people who can read energies and auras and things like that, is like all of these complexities either come from, you know, childhood traumas or conditioning or issues that, you know, prevented a person from expressing these things or perhaps if you, you're inclined to believe that, things from a past life shit. <laughs> well, I can't quite openly speak about my issues here just in today's episode, but, you know, let's just say uh, during your childhood, you observed all of these things around you and you, you, you found your, your, your place within you know your your group your your settings like at high school for example and then you went on and you did this thing in your 20s to to be successful and and authentic and real in what you do and then come into your 30s all of that falls apart because of certain circumstances you know personally financially spiritually whatever and then all of a sudden you're back to ground zero wondering what the fuck you've been doing for the past 30 years and how being your old self doesn't quite keep you relevant doesn't quite keep you uh, going the direction you want it to go for you if any of that made sense guys (laughs) so you have to start again And then you could just, you know, dust yourself off and try again and do the same thing if that's what you really want to do. Or if you're like an individual like myself, slightly jaded, in fact, really jaded about how things have turned out. And with the the changing climate of the way things happen and operate, you can't actually be your old self anymore. And so you have to adapt and be flexible and more malleable after hardening like a rock-solid terracotta pot. You dig? And so then what you're faced with is something like an identity crisis. Because who am I? What do I do? What is this all about? Why am I doing it for? When you're in your raging 20s, even in your teenage years, you can just make that decision and you're all good. But now that you've gone and done that, and then you're starting again, even if you're a successful person, you're like, all right, what's next? What do you do next? Man, you know, you've fallen into this sort of identity, falling into this slot that's like an identity crisis. And we're going to have to talk about that in a whole other episode. But guys, thank you for tuning into Bino Estraliano. Been ranting for an hour about complex identities. And now about identity crisis. From CI to <laughs> IC. <laughs> I see you. But stay tuned, we're going to have a little bit more before we wrap up today's episode. Peace.
Oh, for fuck's sake, mate. Fuck, I told you I don't want to fucking talk on this fucking podcast, you fucking bullshit here on the fucking internet. Fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll fucking do it now. Fucking. What's going on, guys? This is uh, Anthony Lewis. Uh, these motherfuckers here, fucking, these cunts over here have been fucking hassling me to talk about fucking identity crisis. Well, here's a fucking identity crisis for you. Imagine representing the realest shit on this side of town. The fucking real hip-hop shit, the real b-boy shit, for 20 years of your life. And then at the end of it, what do you got? Dicks, mate. Dicks. Fucking nothing. Got no fucking money to your name. You got... You got creds that, you know, a bunch of wankers and old school fuckwits pat you on the back. Yeah, mate, I remember back in the day, you used to fucking rip it, a fucking laundry, yeah, you know, first floor. Man, you're the fuck, you're a fucking legend, you know. And then all these fucking young, young cunts out coming out, these young guns have no fucking clue who you are because, you know, you're too povo back in the day to actually have your own fucking video camera to film footage of yourself tearing it up and then even if you do watch it 2017 it buddy doesn't even compare to the kind of shit these kids are doing these days because all the kids these days are a bunch of fucking biters mate fucking copycats they just fucking beat everything we fucking pioneered you know this whole fucking thing about you know trying to be original and trying to dance more to the music and be and creating new moves and new flows and new styles and then these fucking new next generation they fucking just chomp all your shit on the fucking internet and claim it as their own and they're not even involved in hip-hop but they call themselves b-boys and b-girls i mean what the fuck is going on Seriously, what the fuck is going on? And excuse the expletives. I know this is meant to be so, sort of friendly listening. And if there's any parents out there with their kids listening to this shit, I fucking sincerely apologise, mate. I've just been a fucking old school fuckwit here. Been a bit of a cunt. But, you know, we keep it real. That's how we do. You know, why is it if you can play soccer like, you know, you know t- t- international you know, top tier, grade A, grade S, special quality styles, you know, real deal soccer for your whole life. And then when you retire, you can still continue in the sport and act as a coach or an assistant coach, you know, or if you you, you, you built up all the cash, you could start your own team. But as a B-boy, oh, that's that old cunt from fucking Kilo Downs. He's from that crew, the Mighty Zulu Kings. Yeah, he's an old school fuckwit. Yeah, these cunts fucking tell us what we can't do all the time and they talk about all this hip-hop shit. But we don't give a fuck about that. We're just going to chomp his shit, use it to our own sort of selfish means and fucking just do whatever the fuck we want. What the fuck kind of fucking career is that? You know? And then what the fuck kind of career is that when you still got mates your age going, oh, Anthony, you're still doing that breakdance shit? Mate, of course I am. I spent fucking 20 years of my life doing this shit. Why would I fucking stop? Keeps me fit. I don't see you doing a head spin, you fat fuck. (laughs) It's fucking ridiculous, mate. I don't fucking understand it. But there needs to be some kind of change. And perhaps, as these younger little fuckers grow up into their fucking 30s and 40s and 50s, they start to realize, fuck, fuck, we really did a massive, massive 
disservice to this whole culture, this whole art called hip-hop and breaking or b-boying or breakdancing, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And all these e-boys and e-toys will fucking go, shit, well, now I'm going to have to learn how to fucking grow up and I'm going to have to listen to cunts like this Anthony Lewis about what it means to go through complex identity and identity crisis. Hey, Claire, how's it going, Seabears? What are you eating there? Hey? Oh, your voice is fucked. Anyway, that's me. I'm signing out. I'm pretty fucking jaded. (laughs) But that is my version of identity crises. Peace out. Now fuck off. Uh, Guys, uh, this is uh, Lopez Lawang. (laughs) Apologies. I apologize for my friend's uh, bad behavior and very, very terrible uh, language. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a very angry man. <laughs> I told him just to chill down, you know, just to relax. I said, Brad, you don't worry about that. You are a legend. You should be grateful and thanks, thanks the lords that you are still alive and that you live a full life. You know, maybe I said to him, maybe look, you know, you can be upset about it, but what are you going to be upset for? You just, you're just wasting your time. You could do other things than be upset, you know? He's just sitting there, smoking his, his cigarette, drinking the BB, you know, the BB, Victorian bitter. <laughs> or for my uh, Vietnamese friends, they call Vietnamese bitter. <laughs> I said, Brad, if you're very upset about this whole breakdancing thing, this whole hip-hop thing, you umuwi ka na lang dun sa Pilipinas. I told him go that he should go back to the Philippines, you know, because the kids there, they have the passion, they have the energy, and they're very respectful naman, you know. They're very respectful kids in the Philippines. You know, when they are a b-boy or a hip-hopper, many of them, they're committed for life because they don't have anything else you know especially the young b-boys and b-girls from uh, from Jem Marikina and also from you know Baklaran for example you know Bronx Laran or you know if you have the family there in Compto Nino you do the other you do the other styles like the tawag doon yung rap rap hindi yung rap dance yung this the uh, what's it called uh, what do you call this one the uh, when you have the microphone you know I said to Anthony I said Anthony you know you I seen your I seen your black book with your graffiti and your your lyrics actually I thought it was a poem <laughs> I thought they were uh, poems but actually they are a rap so I said, well, why don't you go there and come to Nino and you try to wrap your, your thing there with your Australian accent. He said, this is the Aussie hip-hop. You know, maybe they're going to like you. Maybe you can uh, make a mixtape there because, uh, you know, all your friends here in their 30s, they got kids. They got no time to, do, to be committed in the studio. You know, not, not like, you know, the, the American producers, that's their life. You know, it's a different Ugali here in Australia, I said to him. Different attitude. Attitude here is very relaxed, you know, very laid back. Yeah, no one is really hustling. 
No one is really hustling here, unlike you know, hustle cannabis there in, uh, in, you know, in, in, in Oregon. You know, I said to him, you know, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? You have to be grateful. You have to praise the Lord. You have to thank Him for being, being alive, for having done what you've done, for living a full life. You know, that was a different era and it's a bagong panahon na ngayon. It's a, it's a new year. You know, and maybe he's maybe he's very very upset and jaded because ang pangit ng panahon dito in 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 Melbourne is four seasons in one day. It's raining, then after it's raining, it's shining, and then it's hailing, and then again it's like raining with the sunshine, and then it's windy, and then all of a sudden it's humid. All in one day, just could I? <laughs> and. I don't know, you know, it's, it's very, very important that you be around other Filipinos, I said to him, you know, even though you are Aussie, you know, and you speak, you can't speak any Tagalog, I said to him, you know, you, you have it in your, in your conditioning to, to do the D&M, not S&M, I know you like that one too, but at the D&M, the deep and meaningful. You have to, you know, come by there because there's no more loitering here in Australia. No one is loitering anymore. You know, especially if you are 30 plus. You know, in the Philippines, you have to come by every day. You just buy the, you know, the red horse. You sit there on the calzada. You know, you just sit there on the side. You're drinking, you're doing anything all day, every day. You know, come by because you are an island person. You know, under the buko tree. Just don't let the buko break your head. Bye. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Pinoy Australiano. I hope I didn't chew your ears off with this random ranting about complex identity and identity crisis. Be insured that uh, we will be talking about this uh, subject matter as uh, we learn more about it here in Pinoy Estradaliano. If you'd like to call in, talk about it, please give me some of that interaction. It gives me some good feedback uh, as to wh what direction I can go with this podcast. I mean, at the same time, guys, if you've got you know negative comments, feel free to let it out, even if it's typed up under a, a, a different moniker whatever you want to do I am I am an experienced keyboard warrior and I am happy to go to town on the keyboard or even invoice to reply to messages because it challenges me because really I'm not gonna really get that offended because it's just some online internet shit <laughs> Mind you, though, if you do say something very, 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 very offensive, we might just have to cut you off, you know, and, and block that out. But no, you know, it's 2017. We have these platforms. We need to be responsible for what we say, you know. So even if you're being irresponsible and you're, you're dropping some negative comments, it's a good challenge on me. It allows me to practice levels of unconditional love and compassion that I have learned from my forebears. <laughs> But yes, guys, please um, send send through some feedback, any comments, anywhere. Please share, pre please like, uh, subscribe, whatever you want to do. And uh, thank you again for listening to episode 12, CI and IC.
Pinoy Australiano. Peace.